Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 75, recorded on Thursday, 26th October 2011. Don't mention the noisy neighbours. Three IBM champions joined Darren and I to discuss IBM's new CEO, Lotusphere 2012, Abstracts and News, the London Social Business Breakfast event earlier this week, and much more. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. Well, hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus. I'm Stuart McIntyre and we are back again for episode 75 of the Weekly Lotus podcast. We are once again joined by Darren Duke. Hello, Darren. Hello, Stuart. How are you? Yeah, excellent. Thank you. It's been a good week here. Very busy, but uh, lots of good stuff going on. Lots, lots of good opportunities. How's it with you? I don't know. Officially, <laughs> I'm, I guess I have to say it's going very well. Yes, you do. But unofficially... <laughs> I don't know exactly how many days it is to Lotus for you, but it's getting close. And because I have two ways of telling that, one is that you change your Twitter photograph like every week, <laughs> and as, as Lotus for you gets closer, the frequency of changes gets quicker. It does. So every time you tweet, see, I know it's the day before Lotus for you because every time you tweet, there's a new image. <laughs> and the second reason is I've started listening to Bon Jovi. Uh, oh dear, getting ready for kimonos. Getting ready. <laughs> And according to the latest Fear Blogs countdown clock, there are 80 days left. Is that all? Yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm glad I'm not presenting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come on to that a bit later. Once again, we're joined by a selection of experts from around the Lotus community. Yeah, community. Um, and today we are honoured and privileged to be joined by three IBM champions. So first of all, we'll kick off with Carlos. How are you, Carlos? Hello, Stuart and Darren. Hello, Carlos Casas. Is that right this time? You are a perfect steward. <laughs> We've been practicing, you see. <laughs> Tell us who you work for, Carlos. Sure. I work for uh, the Rock Team in Lotus Education Online. Uh, we are an, an award-winning IBM Advanced Partner and authorized training center for IBM software. Excellent. And where are you based? We're based right outside of Philadelphia in Delaware. Okay. And did I see that you've moved to new offices or established new yep. headquarters? Right. Uh, we officially uh, had a grand opening event for customers and partners in our new office. We've been here for about a year. Uh, we're down at the Delaware beaches, um, about an hour and a half south of Philadelphia now. Uh, but yeah, we officially opened and introduced our office into the community um, and in the mid-Atlantic community and invited IBMers and 60 to 70 uh, partners and customers uh, came to the event, and we had a keynote presented by Wyman Winbush from the uh, East uh, the East Coast uh, mid-market sales team, and it was nice. So thanks for mentioning that. Story. Brilliant. No problem at all. Well, congratulations on that. That's good, good news for you. And we're also joined by Handley Cameron. Hi there, Handley. Hello. Hello. Now, we haven't spoken to you on Twill since episode one. You're on our very first show. Yeah, I claim to be a founding member. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are indeed. You're one of those those people that are willing to take a punt on this strange new show that was coming out. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys have come a great, a long way and, and done a great job with it. Oh, bless you. Do you want to tell us who you work for, Handy? So I'm an enterprise software architect with uh, SoftChoice. So basically my day-to-day -day is helping out companies figuring out how to use all this social and collaboration and other IBM software and and you know, be successful with it. And once again, an IBM champion as well. Of course. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today, Handley. Look forward to your views as we go through. And lastly, we're joined by one of uh, Collaboration Matters customers, actually, and a, um, a representative of a really well-established university in Cardiff. It's Simon Vaughan. Hi there, Simon. Hey, good afternoon all. Good morning for the US. Yeah, good afternoon to you. Good do you want to tell us what you, what you do at Cardiff? Yeah, so uh, Simon Vaughan, Deputy IT Director here at Cardiff, and that has a range of responsibilities and a range of challenges as well. Of course. But uh, as you know, you know, keeping pushing forward. <laughs> Indeed. And once again, an IBM champion. And you were also on the IBM community call as well this week. 
Yeah, so my uh, so my week officially started on Sunday at uh, three o'clock after the uh, good football result. So this week then <laughs> meant. So what I'm going to try and do is see how many times I can mention the football result. <laughs> so so my week started on Sunday. I was on the uh, community call, which I found very good on Wednesday, and then joined you on this uh, call today. It's my uh, first call, so I'm a twiddle virgin. Indeed. Well, we, hopefully we'll make it a, a pleasurable experience for you, Simon. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Great. And we're not going to mention that football result again, okay? That's four times. <laughs> well, it's been a, a pretty um, incredible week, really, in the IBM Lotus community. Um, it's not many times that we get to talk about IBM having a new CEO. So, Darren, kick us off. Yeah, the news came out, I think it was yesterday, wasn't it, that Sam Parmesano is standing down after his about eight-year reign, I think, at IBM, and Virginia Romati is taking over. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I don't think anyone was expecting it to be like, Okay, it's it's announced, and I think it's January first she takes over. I believe. Yep. Um, I think it's. I wouldn't say it's progressive of IBM. You know, there's some technology companies out there that have had women uh, chief executive previously. You know, eBay, HP, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's not it's not it's not new, but it is good to see IBM um, putting a woman in charge of of everything IBM wise, and I think that's a, a good stead. And I don't know Virginia Romedy. I'd never even heard of her, but that's IBM's a massive company. Uh, but when you read about her, I, I think she's going to bring you know some 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 get up and go, some 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 hopefully some yellow boxing gloves with her. <laughs> well, certainly some blue boxing gloves. Anyway, I, I think it's I think it's also uh, interesting to note. You know, she started in IT and IBM back in the eighties, and has progressively moved through the company, and that could be a good thing for us as we move forward. Yeah, so for 30 years she's been at IBM. Yeah, which is, which is a hell of an achievement in itself. And, and I don't think it's any surprise that Sam is, is, is moving over. I mean, if, if I was the CEO of a company that invented Watson, um, I'd leave and hide too before Skynet gets created. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you look at the history of IBM, um, Sam's actually stayed on longer than most CEOs do as mm. far as, as the age that they move on and, and hand off the reins so they can keep that moving. But... Um, yeah, that's everything I've heard from her is is that you know not only did she start as a system engineer, but she's been really leading a lot of the growth in IBM and moving towards cloud. And of course, they, she brought in the whole services organization. So it's it's I think a really good thing for everybody. I mean, do do we think uh, her gender is is particularly important? I mean, yeah, Darren, you already mentioned it. She's not the first CEO of a very large corporation, but I I always think of IBM as being quite a traditional organization. If you look at its line of CEOs, and and this seems to be you know, a big deal, at least within IBM, that she's risen to this kind of level within the organization? I think it's a sign of the times. I mean, look at Sandy, you know, Sandy Carter, you know, managing our side of the fence. And, you know, it's a, I think, you know, and it's all on track record. She's, um, she's grown the company. She's brought in the largest revenue generating business for IBM, which is in the services and um, well-deserved. I was going to say, I think even more to her credit, um, you know, James Governor talked about how IBM has actually a very deep bench they could have drawn from for a CEO. So uh, she stood out amongst you know many excellent people. Yeah. And, and the name of Steve Mills seemed to come up quite a lot in discussions. Um, you know, I was doing some searching on it, and it seemed like quite a lot of people had predicted he would be the next CEO. Um, obviously, we know Steve Mills through being um, you know, VP or senior VP for the software business. Obviously, we've got some exposure to where he kind of came in around WebSphere and Lotus probably 10 years or so ago. Um, <clears throat> anybody surprised that he didn't make the step up to CEO? I think with, with, with any big corporation like that, it's going to be one of you know, either two, five, seven, or nine people. Yeah. And I, I just think that, you know, the, the, the article I read said that maybe he was a bit too north of 55. And when you look at how the executives come in, how long they stay for and where they retire, um, maybe he just kind of fell outside of that perfect age to distance to retirement kind of function. I, is, is what, I think it was in Fortune magazine I read that. Yeah, that's where I saw it as well. And yeah, my impression with Sam is that he has done an amazing job. If if you look at the finances of IBM over the years, you know, they're about to hit a hundred mil, uh, sorry, hundred billion dollars in terms of revenue. Probably next year, their uh, share price is at an all time high. They're doing phenomenally well. Did anybody, you know, any have any thoughts on, in terms of what Sam has brought to the company and what he's leaving behind as a legacy? 
Well, I think his <laughs> legacy is pretty well documented. It's, uh, you know, IBM is a is transcended, you know, te- uh, data center technology, and he successfully, you know, uh, trans- shifted from the consumer market uh, to the uh, to the enterprise market, and um, and that's where I think he he made a, a probably one of the biggest uh, biggest moves um, for us or for for IBM and us as partners in terms of of focusing, you know, in the enterprise and and being successful at it. I also, you know, under his reign as well, the sell-off of the PC business, the move away from a commodity hardware supplier into more, as you said then, the sort of software, the services, and where a company like IBM needs to be and needs to be pushing forward the barriers. And I think that was, a, you know, a big step in his reign and a big uh, show as well. And it'd just be interesting to see how, how it develops with the new lady. And, and I think he did, he did two main things. One is he increased shareholder value by a massive amount. I think the last number I saw was 74% uh, over the decade of, of, of his tenure. But I think more importantly is he didn't quite destroy the competition, but I think he he changed the business IBM was in and the likes of HP and EDS and even Dell to that respect kept going the way they were going, which was servers and PCs and racks and IBM changed to a services company you know probably you know maybe even as much as seven to eight years ago now maybe even more and I think at the time that was a bit of a risk but what you see now is is HP playing catch-up you know Dell bought um, whatever that company is that did all the hosting I can't remember what the company's called now the big one out in Texas and you know, HP are buying services companies left, right, and center just to catch up. And I think that's that's what rocketed IBM insofar as, as earnings per share and value up because he saw that, you know, the one differentiator of, of what we can charge is that we're IBM. And if we put an IBM-backed body out there, be it a direct IBM or a, or a um, ISSL or whatever services department-backed resource, we can charge top dollar. I think everyone scoffed at that at the beginning, but it turns out that he was kind of right. So, a question for you guys. You know, it goes back to what you know, Sam's legacy, the the brand sentiment of IBM. What is your sense of the brand sentiment of IBM now? You know, hundred years old, um, either in the consumer space or in the enterprise space. Do you guys feel that there's a very positive brand overall brand sentiment of IBM and? And do you think they're managing it quite well? I, I, I talk to peers that are not in the IBM fold um, all the time, and um, the feedback that I get is, is pretty interesting. And I want, I'm curious of what you guys think of, of the sentiment of IBM as you see it and talk to um, your peers and, and customers. I, th- I think it's, it's who you speak to, isn't it? I, I, I'm, you know, the, the, the brand, if you believe the research and the studies, is higher than it's ever been. You know, I think they're number two, aren't they, as most recognised brands around the world? Um, I, I think they're, you know, clearly the financials are looking pretty strong at the moment. So therefore, that you know, the darling of, of you know some of the financiers and, and the stock markets and so on at the moment. So I, I think they're pretty strong. I, I don't doubt that. The issue is if you look down at the SMB and the the smaller enterprises, you know, whether that brand is as strong at that level or as relevant at at that level. And that's a discussion we've had on this week in Lotus many times. And I think it's, if IBM stance is very much that they will focus and continue to focus on enterprise level businesses. Um, I I saw a quote, unfortunately I can't find it now from from the new CEO yesterday saying, you know, we're an enterprise business, we're just not interested in consumer. Then that's great. I think they're doing really well. It's just if if you see them as being relevant or not relevant to companies of maybe less than a thousand employees, then I think maybe you'd get a different answer to the larger ones. I think the consumer question will come when you know it really doesn't matter what technology, what software you use. You shouldn't care if it's from IBM, XYZ, or whoever, but you're just using a product to do a task or a piece of work. Now, if IBM get this right, especially in the social space, people are going to be using the social tools, and we won't really know, but we will be really focusing back that they're doing really quite a good uh, piece of work in this space. And that's when it comes back to the tools such as uh, connections and uh, other sort of areas. I, I hear from, from, from the support side, on, on the hardware side, they're excellent. 
right? If, if you have a four-hour turnaround, you get that stuff in four hours, even if it's a hard drive. You know, the, the, the support side is phenomenal. But what I, what I used to hear, you know, maybe 10 years ago off a lot of customers was you never get fired for hiring IBM. And I never hear that now. Hmm. Yeah, I think that, that they've made great strides over the last couple of years in, in bringing, you know, all the acquisitions, especially in the other brands around analytics and ECM and all that, you know, together. But, but now the challenge is going to be that message of how do you sell that to companies that maybe are like, well, I can't afford the whole stack and I need to make sure they're clear on that message of you don't have to install everything. They're, you know, they can run standalone and they're pluggable components. And that sometimes gets lost on the smaller companies because they'll see some presentation that shows a, you know, 20 server implementation worldwide. And they're like, well, I've just got five servers overall in my IT department, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that um, Wyman Winbush was here last week at my office, and he talked to me that uh, about Sam Palmasano's vision uh, through 20, 2014 or twenty fifteen, and he, he identified the mid market as the the key space for IBM to play in over the next three to five years, and and in the strategy. And, I, and I'm curious to see what that execution of that strategy will be, um, but. Wyman, as as the owner of that space for the east, eastern seaboard, you know, felt that IBM is gonna is gonna aggressively go after that space, and hopefully with partners. Um, but you know, I hope you know, in in there, the brand sentiment to me is is definitely not as strong in the, as it is in the enterprise, but still relatively positive. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's any negative around IBM at all. It's just whether it's whether it's relevant, whether people know about what they do, what their offerings are, that kind of thing, which I guess is a different question. I don't think you'd find too many people who see a negative side to, to what IBM bring to the party. I mean, a, a final thought on that. I've just seen a, an article on bersin.com, B-E-R-S-I-N.com, which, which contrasts the kind of succession planning that IBM have had with this announcement with you know Apple well, obviously, Steve was was head right until the the final sort of days, and then you know, looking at the example of HP, where we've had five or six different CEOs each coming in, you know, mostly from the outside, bringing completely different focuses to or you know to the business, you know, moving them into different areas, having different emphasis. I think IBM's kind of succession planning looks to be brilliant in this case, doesn't it? You know, they've they've identified the right person, they've kind of groomed her and, and many others to to be in a place to take over a CEO. And I think actually they should sort of receive credit for doing that so smoothly. And we're not likely to see a massive change in, in the direction as a result of, of this um, you know of Ginny becoming CEO. I think they're just continue in the direction they've had for the last few years. And it's gonna be interesting in in a GE Jack Welsh type of way to see what happens to the others that may have been picked? Because when, when yeah. GE flipped over, the vast majority of them left. So it's, it's always interesting to see if there's a, an exodus of people who weren't picked. And I think that's going to play out if it plays out in the next 18 to 24 months. But, you know, go, going back to, to Sam's legacy, I think he did, he, did, he did one purchase, which I think stands out above all others. And that honestly is Cognos. I thought IBM were late to the game on that. But it turns out, I think they were just waiting for the big ball of money to start rolling down the hill before they jumped in. And I think they jumped in at a perfect time with Cognos. Yeah, I think you're right, because the analytics and the big data side is going to be massive moving forward. And that's where I think we'll see a lot of their focus, both at, uh, I know we're going to get onto Lotusphere, but in other conferences and uh, in IT as we move uh, into the next uh, few years. And, and big data is going to be interesting because really there's only two real or three real big data players on the planet. And that's Amazon, Microsoft with Bing, as much as everyone would laugh at that, that is kind of true. And of course, Google. So it's going to be interesting to see how these other enterprise players make it into big data when big, when, when, when big data is an extraordinarily big series of data. It's not just massive data, it's huge. Yeah. So I've got to ask, Darren, what was your uh, speech like when you turned it down? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a bit like my Lotus Fear speaker from 2009. No one really knew I was in, in the race. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, congratulations to, to Ginny Wilmerty uh, in terms of uh, yeah, that position. And yeah, good luck to Sam, I guess, in the future as he moves to being chairman of IBM. I, I think... Yeah, when you look at where IBM was back in the early 90s with Lou Gerstner stepping in and, and kind of reviving the company and then sounds kind of taking that onto new levels uh, and you've got to think that they're, they're doing 
so well at the moment. And Ed's blog post on that subject uh, covered that quite well. So let's move on now to Lotusphere. We're obviously only 80 days away. We discovered that at the beginning of the uh, of the podcast. Uh, call for Abstracts opened, I think, at the weekend. Um, abstracts are due now, I think, on December the 6th. So there's a couple of weeks to get those abstracts in. Darren, any plans to submit any? Is it December no. the 6th? December. November the 6th. Oh, November the 6th. November. November. I was open then. That was good. <laughs> Made the wrong notes in the show notes uh, this week. Yeah, two weeks uh, ending in November the 6th. <laughs> and if anyone tries to sue this week in Lotus for wrongful <laughs> submissions, Sam, I, I didn't get accepted because Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am taking... A, a year off this year i've i've decided that just to, to to sit back and actually enjoy the lotosphere experience as as a part as, as opposed to being part of it because i think when when you speak you you maybe lose a bit more than you think it, not not so much just the time and sheer effort you have to put in to do a presentation because it is no matter how much you effort you think you have to put in quadruple it and that's probably a, a more real number but more so, you know, you're all, you, you've got your session to worry about. That's all that's kind of going on through your mind the entire time you're there up and until your session. Now, historically, I've done show and tell, so they're usually early in the week. Um, but I've just decided, you know what, let's, let's kick back, take it easy. Let's just, just see what happens. How about you guys? Any, any of you planning to submit abstracts? <clears throat> Oh, well, I've, yeah, I'm going to submit a couple. Um, it's it's always, you know, I, I'm no shoo-in by any means like uh, like you guys are probably. I've been for, fortunate to speak over the past uh, four, you, you, three or you, four years. You overrate Stuart and Mai's reputation <laughs> inside of me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, be... Um, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm more on the line of business side of things. Uh, my technical team... Um, you know they they are definitely the the uh, the value add in terms of uh, the technical content that I provide to the to the sessions. Um, but however, uh, I've been speaking the past couple of years. I think the past three years at Business Development Day, um, and uh, you know the call for abstracts. It's it's interesting. It's fun. Um, I don't really bank on it uh, personally. Um, but it's uh, it's certainly nice to engage and, and talk with uh, customers and partners, and, and for me, it's a learning experience. This is going to be I've only missed a few Lotusphere since 1998, so for me, it's it's one of the more exhausting and and uh, weeks for uh, for me as a partner in terms of work and and meeting with customers and IBMers and and taking them out in the evenings. And it's just all for me, it's a lot less. Uh, of, it's more of a grind, you know, from morning to, to late evening than it is anything else. Um, but it's 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 a really neat event, and and I know that uh, for the uh, for the technical audience here for Twill and for many of the folks that go, it's a, it's exciting and and um, and a lot of fun. And um, maybe if I was a customer, uh, like I was in the '90s. I would have a different perspective, but wow, it's it's a horse race for me. I mean, from Saturday to Thursday, it is <laughs> it's a, it's a horse race. And um, but yeah, the, the abstracts are going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of people submitting. I think um, now that you know, if you think about Lotus technology in general and how mature it is, everybody's now an expert. You know, customers are now spe- you know in the in the early '90s or in the mid '90s, late '90s, early 2000s. It was mainly partners and IBMers that were speaking, and now you see the likes of um, you know David Leedy and a lot of the end user customers and developers coming out and and showing off their expertise and it's really a, a show of, of of the evolution of the software. You know, there's, there's so many more experts now in the community than there have been. So many people are very uh, vocal about uh, their expertise and and what they know and what they want to share, which is awesome. Um, and I think. Uh, you know, for IBM, it's great because they have uh, evangelism at no cost. Um, so that's my take. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. You know, from from my point of view, from a customer sort of perspective, uh, being to being to uh, Lotusphere uh, twice, I've been there for the last uh, two or three years. But uh, really, um, as I see it, I'm putting an abstract in because I view it that uh, I've spoken impact, which is in Vegas. And if I can get up in the morning and uh, present in Vegas, I'm sure I can do it in Orlando. 
but that's going to be a different challenge. So, have you been to kimonos? Uh, I've been to kimonos, but I haven't sang, and that's a good thing. But uh, really, it's on about uh, putting a customer case study in a birds of the feather session about uh, some of the things that uh, users are asking for in connections, and uh, hopefully. Uh, speaking to some of the product managers, some of the execs. And I think one of the key things about Lotus Fear this year is going to be the chance to uh, meet and uh, get together with fellow champions, exchange good ideas, and also, more importantly, have a beer and enjoy ourselves and uh, really uh, get together and uh, push forward uh, a lot of the joint work that we're doing. Absolutely right. That's what Lotus Fear is all about, isn't it? And, and Carlos, yeah. I'm interested in your perspective on this second uh, conference that's going on this year. So we've had the Social Business Symposium uh, last year. I think um, there was some definitely some valuable content going on over in the Yacht and Beach, but I'm not sure it really took off. This year it's been renamed as Connect. Do you see that being a big deal in terms of getting some of the line and business and executives um, over to, to you know, Lotus Fear to, to, to join in some of the discussions? I do. I do. And, and I know that um, I've been on uh, two or three calls now with IBM on, on session uh, Lotusphere content and um, providing some feedback. And I know that that, that, that conference within a conference is, is going to be uh, a vital uh, portion for uh, Sandy and the social business concept or space for them to uh, evangelize and, and bring forth more, more importantly, customer case studies. From what I've understood, is that uh, that is going to be the key to driving the value in Lotusphere. And for those who are um, submitting abstracts, uh, one of the tips that that I've been told uh, numerous times over the past few weeks is is to bring a customer and have uh, have a real story to tell with a customer. Um, and I. I IBM is putting a lot of emphasis on that this year, and especially with social business. Um, but that's going to be, as you said, Stuart, a, a line of business executive-focused so, conference. When we had last year, we had a couple of our customers, CIOs, came, and they they basically spent all of their time over the Yacht and Beach at that conference and said it was very good. They they really appreciated seeing right. how other companies were doing it and talking to other people at their level about how they're doing it. Sometimes I think the main technical side of it, you know, and the main Lotusphere gets a little bit you know, over their heads or they're like, okay, we're talking about features, but when they could actually ever talk to people about the effect on their business and how, how it was changing things, that really got their attention. So, so is Connect the new Lotusphere? You know, what is Connect? Because from a customer perspective, I really heard nothing about Connect. And, so uh, Connect until yes. yesterday. So, <laughs> so Connect 2012 is, is what the Social Business Symposium was last year, and it was specifically targeted for um, line of business managers and executives um, to learn about the value of social business and the execution okay. of social business with actual case studies. So if you have customers, uh, IT managers, HR managers, CIOs, CTOs, CEOs, um, you know, I would focus and, and encourage them to register for that part of the, the event. I don't think they'll get a lot of value of going to a best practices session and looking at 60 slides of at functions, you know, or, or, uh, you know, console commands, you know, I think really, if you want, um, again, a brand sentiment, positive, uh, social business impact is to send them over to the, to that yacht and beach club. So that way they can see real, um, real, real business solutions in place, um, for their organization. So that way they can strategy, they can create a strategy for themselves. And I think that's what they're going after in that event. Um, and I know I'm pointing all my customers in that direction because that's that is where you know they're they're putting their uh, chip on the board, and that's where uh, ICS is putting their chip on the board. And 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 it's the people who who sign those checks. They're not sitting in. Well, a lot of them are, but I would say most of them are not sitting in uh, the the heavy technical sessions. Um, I think uh, it would do a lot more for them to to head over and and, get, and go over to the case studies. So, so you register for Lotusphere and you get the chance to go to Connect as well, yeah? It's it's like a sub conference, so okay. I think I think it's it's usually last year at least it was it was cut price. It was less price than Lotusphere mainly because it was a lot less days. Um, <clears throat> now I don't know what it's doing this year because the first time I saw it was yesterday when someone asked online. It might be new Simon actually. And I think Handley responded. And yeah, it, so it's like it's yeah. There's, it's there's, there's a couple there's a couple of ironies here. One is. But I've got to go to a conference to learn about social business, which I find quite amusing in my little evil cackle <laughs> kind of way. But, but more importantly is, so as soon as I saw Connect 2012, I go Google, and there are pages and pages and pages 
of groups called Connect 2012 who do actually believe that the end of the world is going to happen in December 2012. So, that's nothing to do your wedding anniversary. That, that's, that's the one. I think that's how Lisa found it. I think she went out Google 2012 <laughs> and found all this because I did exactly the same thing. I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell is Connect 2012? Why have all these people talking about the end of the world? So, <laughs> It's, it's 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 a sub conference though. You have to pay. Uh, there is a, there a separate fee for it. But if you buy a full conference pass, it's for, it's first come first serve. They're, they don't they won't guarantee you a seat, but you have you'll I think you'll get access to the conference if you have a full conference pass. But the folks who actually paid for that registration will have priority seating um, in those sessions. But yeah, I don't and turn you around. I don't think they're going to turn you away if you have a full conference pass though. And based on last year, if if you if that is your main focus, um, you know, telling your customers and such, they they do want to register because I know last year they got it filled up completely and and there wasn't a lot of space for sort of walk-in <laughs> attendees because they were right, they were right. they had a lot of uh, success with it. I'm trying to work out how you do that though, because the only options when you register are a full conference pass or one day conference pass. So is, is it further down in the registration form where you select that you want to be part of that Connect event? I think it is, Stuart. I think last year it came out later. Okay, so it, there's certainly, it doesn't seem to be particularly obvious from the Lotosphere site uh, what content there will be at that event or how to register, so perhaps that's something that could be tidied up as time goes on. But, I mean, one of the things that can be interesting is, is how Lotosphere shifts over the years. I think Lotosphere is booked to be in Orlando until 2015. That was announced a couple of years ago. So we've got at least another, you know, four years of Lotospheres. And so, or three years, whatever my maths has gone wrong. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how things shift, whether the the kind of notes and domino focus, technical focus of Lotosphere will shift towards the social business, you know, line of business type focus of Connect over the years. And and looking at the name, Connect seems to fit quite well with Impact and some of the other IBM conferences. And so maybe that's IBM's kind of thought is that Connect will become the bigger deal as time goes on. So it's going to be I Connect think that's your exactly pulse. what they're doing. Connect your pulse and have an impact. <laughs> Maybe so. And innovate while you're doing it. <laughs> I think Connect is a good name, and we we've discussed this again. You know what what they would call Lotosphere if they renamed it, and you know so a few people came up with Collaborate or you know other sort of single word kind of impact type names. Um, and Connect, I think, works pretty well for that. Yeah, agree. It, it is it is a good name. Do you think they would be better off just to sort of rip the bandaid off and not have a drawn out uh, transition and have sort of you know, next, you know, have it be Lotosphere the main one this year, and then half and half next year, and then mainly Connect next year. Do you think it'd be better just to for 2012 just do Connect to 2012 and and move forward with that message? I think it would be better. Do I think they'll do that? No. I mean, IBM haven't shown any wish to make branding changes in a particularly big or immediate way have they i mean if we look over the history of things it tends to have been a, a sort of you know a gradual switch between brands so I, I would think it's probably going to be something that happens over time again personally down i'm the same as you i think just a big bang might be an easier way of, of dealing with it and a, a better conversation to be having but you know it's hard to do the right thing isn't it well i think sometimes they confuse um doing it as a big bang versus just sort of quietly making the change and not making a big deal about it. Um, is it, especially in the Lotus area, there's been so much discussion over the Lotus name that they're worried that if they did, you know, if they change it, it's going to make a big bang versus saying, Hey, community, you know, as you hear on this call, we all kind of agree that that's not such a bad thing. You know, let's just go ahead and do it and, and move on with focusing on, you know, bringing these solutions to customers instead of talking about names. Well, I think I think from IBM's standpoint, and I understand this, is if they change the name, is it going to lead to less registrations? Because it is a pretty well attended yeah. conference, and it is pretty technical in the respect for the actual Lotosphere breakout sessions and Sean Tall sessions side. So, you and, know, I, un I understand right. their predicament. But if they do it on a down long quiet and all of a sudden in 12 months I get an email saying, hey, register for Connect, and I don't know that that's what it's morphing into, I'm probably even less likely to register than if you just told me they were changing their name at, at the closing general session. But, but I think from my perspective as a customer as well, you know, there's this ICS brand which is going around now, and I have to think, what does ICS really mean? What is it covering? What is with the Lotus brand, with Lotus Fiat, etc.? It does come to mind. So I think that's another thing which is really uh, pushing uh, things as to move forward. What is ICS? What does it really mean and what is it covering? 
and and again we get we come back to previous conversation we've had and, you know ICS is meant to be an internal brand just same as WPLC was previously but it uh, goes onto business cards and customers get to yeah. hear about it and gets used in in websites so it's then hard to explain away what that really means and what products are, are part of that and of course the results are still being published as lotus results so again it's hard hard to kind of digest exactly where things are with that um something uh that was mentioned on a blog post by ed brill this week uh although i somehow missed it at the weekend was ask the product managers which is an innovation that uh, ibm brought in last year um it seemed to be a very successful session it was it was part of that last day a sort of open forum type sessions that are there group loser um and ask the developers and now ask the product managers all the product managers on stage people can ask kind of open questions of that group and ed was querying whether that was going to go ahead did anybody see that blog post yes and gabriella davis wrote the best response to a blog post i have seen in a long time so it's worth going to read her read ed's read ed's question then read gab gab's response it's 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 well written well thought out it's it's kind of, ed's, ed's blog is it you yeah said? yeah it just kills all of the concerns i think ibm have and I was going to do the sound of a peacock, but I don't quite know what a peacock sounds like. Uh, again, I, again, I think it's really... annoying. <laughs> so I was doing a peacock, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, I think it's a really good initiative as well to put the product managers in front of the customers and in front of uh, you guys as well, because you don't get to see them all in the same place and answering questions on the products apart from Lotusphere and other sort of uh, events like this. So from my perspective, a good thing should be continued as we go forward. Well, it's interesting because Lotusphere is is the quintessential access for for the executives, their directors like Ed and and the product managers and engineers. It's it's funny how Twitter and social is is touted as this access point, you know, one layer direct access to the source and and it's yet, you know, it's still very difficult to kind of you know, not a, not a lot of IBMers are are on Twitter. I mean, they're they're starting to join, but um, the access is unprecedented at Lotusphere, and I think that's probably the the biggest value for for attendees. Well, I think but, Simon you know, had a good point. Um, with last year, one of the things that made it such a great session is that you had all of the product managers on stage, and a lot of times you'll go to you see go see a connection session or whatever, and you'll talk to the product manager, but then you'll ask them a question that you know, involves integration with another product and they sort of point the finger of, oh, go talk to this person. But there was a lot of the questions came up and it was actually, you know, one product manager to another, here's how we're integrating the project and here's what our combined plan is. And you don't see that as much when you're in individual sessions. And that's a big point because, you know, the biggest opponent of social, but the big thing which this would give is you can actually see the responses and see what people are saying rather than just through Twitter, through uh, other means, etc. So to actually see does say a lot as well. And I, I was shocked they asked the question. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was such a good session last year. And I, I understand there was a lot of buildup. There was a lot of angst. Uh, you could have cut the atmosphere in that room with a blunt piece of cheese. It was that <laughs> thick. But, you know, I think Ed and the product managers did such a good, good job of dispelling all of the angst. And then they did a, a pretty good job of answering the questions. I don't think there was any, any strutting or any, you know, non-adequate questions asked and and i think they see this as an attack which i mean for god's sake you're a product manager sometimes you have to take questions about your products or take advice about your products and you're not going to get much better advice than 400 500 650 people that love your products all sat in one room well that's interesting because you know this is where you know and ed 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 of it Ed knows he's one of the more power social, socially online people out there from IBM. And, you know, it's a matter of how you interpret, um, you know, do you take the criticism or take the feedback and, and create an opportunity out of it? Or do you shell up and, and become defensive? You know, and, um, you know, I think social media and social business is, is supposed to create opportunities, right? to create opportunities based on feedback, whether positive or negative. And um, the reflection of that feedback, um, you know, and the behavior as a result of that feedback is going to show and how you take on social, right, or how you interpret uh, your social behavior, whether it's in analog format in person or online on, on, on Twitter. 
Um, but certainly I think it's an opportunity, and I, I, I think by even merely suggesting you're going to put up a pillar in front of it is not taking that opportunity and, 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 and creating an opportunity out of it. Um, you know, it's, in, it's unfortunate. Well, I'm, I for one am very, very glad it's back on the agenda again. Uh, you know, I think Ed left it saying he was going to speak to the other product management teams and see who would be involved again. I think um, something that Gab said very well is that um, there's sort of a whiff of us and them about it. And I think what what's important to recognise is that we are all in this together. And I think something that came through that session last year is actually people are very fair about it. You know, we all understand the the complexities of product management we understand the the budget issues that come into whether a feature gets implemented or not and and i don't think anybody is particularly antagonistic in terms of you know whether their favorite feature should be in or, or is excluded or whatever i think people do understand and that we're all fighting for the same side in terms of wanting lotus and ibm collaboration solution products to to be a success so um yeah i, I agree with you guys i think it's great it's back on the agenda again and i could see why the product managers don't want to do it because their general answer to everything is well we've seen no demand for that from our customers and i think unfortunately when you get 500 people in a room and you ask a question you are going to see there is demand for it so your default answer is no longer adequate and i think that's where the the, the comfort level is is bad for them because they, they can no longer fall back to their default position you're the only person asking for this no i'm not listen to the applause but, but I think as well, you know, with Ideation Blog and with some of the things around connections now, that is giving the customers the voice, which the PMs are actually seeing a lot earlier, and they can also then react on it and see what they're doing. And that's, that's a really good initiative, and it's one which uh, hopefully will be brought through as into Lotosphere and what they're doing. Very fair points all. Um, and, and looking at, at Lotosphere as a whole, anything anybody's particularly looking forward to at Lotosphere 2012 this year, you know, either in terms of announcements or strategies or anything, or, or just in terms of the social side of the conference? Yeah, you wearing your purple suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I'll have to. We, we obviously had Matt Newman on the other day uh, talking to Sandy, and, and he was saying he'll be back with his yellow suit again. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe purple's the colour this year. What are you looking forward to, Stuart? And, and Darren too. I mean, you two are are one of the one of the uh, thought leaders in our community. You know, what um, are you looking forward to at at, at Lotusphere? Thanks for the compliment, Carlos. Um, I, I think it's for me. I'm looking forward to it being Lotusphere. You know, I'm looking forward to it being the conference that we've had for the past ten plus years. You know, it's it's a great to go home to Lotusphere. And as Matt Newman said so well on the video we posted on the Lotusphere podcast recently, um, you know, it's where you get energised for the year ahead. I think if you miss it, you miss out in a, in a very big way. If there's anything, uh, you know, specific, I think. Um, it's going to be some of the announcements actually around, um, you know, how we start to join um, connections with Notes and Domino. And, you know, there's been some things that have been telegraphed already. I think there's probably more that is, is secret and, and will be announced at Lotosphere in terms of how those products come together. I'm, I'm particularly looking forward to hear how that story gets told. How about you? Um, for me, the if, if you... Follow the tweets at OzLogan and you followed the tweets from, was it Dnug, I think? Um, there is a browser plugin in development that services native notes applications through a web browser, not using XPages, not using the Domino crap HTTP converter that's been in there since 4.6. Um, and and that is, is, I think that's massive. That is the stepping stone between XPages and a non-thick client and I think that is massive if you have applications and you are looking to get out of the upgrade cycle and also allows you seamlessly to implement the browser experience which is social which is the social business toolkit kind of idea now so I'm, I'm looking to see that and I, I, I hazard a guess that them sessions are going to be packed if people understand what it is IBM are talking about how about the rest of you? Anything you're particularly looking forward to? I think I would be. You know, the the changes to the OGS have got to be something that everybody looks forward to. You know, there's, been, <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, discussion in the community, and let's see if IBM have actually taken up what has been asked and uh, how they actually uh, reflect that in the OGS this year. They're swearing there's going to be less panels. <laughs> and to follow on from that, it's going to be interesting to see what we all latch on to as the bad thing, because... 
two years ago, it was the Wi-Fi sucked. They fixed the Wi-Fi, and then we went after the actual OGS. And if they fix the OGS, it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, attack kittens go after this time. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think this year is going to be a huge year. You know, they've been building up over the last couple of years, bringing more about social, talking more about connections. There was a slide deck I saw from, I think, like you said, one of the D-Nugs or Dan Nug or one of those that, that actually mentioned about connections being an important to the uh, revenue stream. So I think IBM is starting to see, you know, Domino is, is a kind of a set revenue stream. They're not, you know, they're not adding huge numbers of new users. And when they start looking around, it's like, well, what's going to be our, you know, IBM's very, very focused on selling net new software. You know, connections is really the sort of linchpin to everything. Or, you know, all the other things like same time and all that plug into it and that it sort of starts to become your front end and you add in all the back end, you know, Cognos analytics and all that types of things. It's, I think seeing how they bring that message together and how they're going to hit the ground running with it is going to be going to be very interesting because it's, it's kind of a key uh, inflection point for them of, of saying, OK, now we've got all the pieces in place. Everything's working great. Connection Next is coming out. You know, let's let's roll with this. And, the, and they've got a chance to really take over a lot of the um, the sort of social enterprise space. Because if you look at those other capabilities and you look at all the competitors, whether it's Jive or anybody else, nobody else is going to be able to touch them when you start going deep into the IBM stack of how many capabilities you can bring to the to the table. Um, everybody else just has a small feature set in one corner of that diagram. Well, and, and we're hurtling towards version four, which is between anywhere between three and five releases is usually the watershed for when you know, the little snowball becomes a big snowball. And, and I think that's a, a good time. And and if what we think may happen is that uh, Connections 4 is released around Lotus Fee or maybe just after, I think that's a very good uh, segue for IBM to, to, to pimp that as well. Yeah. And if there's one thing you wanted to change about Lotus Fee, just in terms of small things, I mean, the obvious thing is to have coffee available all day, every day. Uh, that's come up at several Lotus Fees in the past. Anything else you'd like them to change? Kimonos need sugar-free Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to email the hotel management ahead of time and put in your order. Lots, lots of sugar-free Red Bull. <laughs> I think I think Lotus Fear is very well done. I, I know it's uh it's you know in terms of um, you know customer feedback and access for me it's about access to uh, the field sales teams that I work with throughout the year and and the executives and and, and building those relationships and um and and having a strategy moving forward. I mean to me that's the the business value is really what I you know what I think a lot of um, the decision makers are. are try to learn out of the software stack and um, and I try to put myself in those shoes as well and, and, and try and translate that throughout the year. And it's a well done conference. And you guys uh, you guys obviously are in love with it. I think you guys would marry Lotus Fear if uh, <laughs> if it had some hands. My she gosh. Is, she is oh, hot and she wears not. yellow shoes. My goodness. <laughs> I just can't get over how much we're talking about Lotus Fear. <laughs> Uh, well, one one thing I hope that we do do is is, is another live from Lotus for you this week yeah. in Lotus because I think last year the, the last year's episode is the most downloaded Twill episode we've ever had, I believe. It is, yeah, tremendously so, popular, and it, it was great fun to do too. And I think it gives people a sense of the the, the fun and and maybe the alcohol. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'm sure I'll see you all there uh, come January the 15th to the 19th. Uh, you know, loads to look forward to. I'm sure we'll come back to it in future this week in Lotuses too. Um, and one thing I just wanted to bring up was I attended a really good event in um, in London yesterday um, called the Social Business Breakfast. Um, something very interesting about it was it was organised by an IBM distributor and a couple of IBM partners and it was very much a vendor neutral conversation and there was almost no slideware so I think there were about three slides that were presented the rest was just discussion it was just talking to executives and leaders from various different companies who um who attended to basically talk about how social business um, is becoming a reality in their um, in their businesses, where there's challenges, where they're doing well, uh, what products they can use. And then there was a demo of connections that everybody took part in. So everybody had access to the connection system and they, they tried it and they worked through a scenario. And, and that was very interesting. And so, something um, I was interested to ask you guys is, 
is is there a danger sometimes with some of these events whether they're user groups or whether they're kind of low sphere comes to you type sales events of as focusing very much on slideware somebody at the front of the room you know telling the story to the rest of the room we all sit there as kind of passive attendees is there a, a place um, you know at events for much more of a discussion format i guess we see it at low sphere don't we with birds of a feather sessions do, do you see that becoming more important as we kind of talk about social business rather than talking about the you know technical bits and bytes of domino and notes I think the birds of a feather are are, are great sessions. Um, I think a lot of uh, attendees um, who are not uh, apt to go up to the microphone and and and, and ask a question it gives them a great forum uh, uh, to have an open discussion and and not feel that all eyes are on them. Um, I I think that that format's fantastic. It's almost like an unconference, right? Yeah. Well, I think one thing that would might be nice to see is actually moving some of those into the regular day, right? Because the, the birds of a feather are either, you know, at 7 a.m. or they're at night when other events are starting up. Um, and it might be good to have some time where people could have a discussion during the regular day. Obviously, Lotusphere, we're all way too busy. I know I have five things in every time mm-hmm. slot. But, but to be able to have some of those discussions when you're not trying to figure out how to get there because you closed down Komodos the night before or you've got, you know, another, another event you have to get to. Um, would be good. There are some business partner roundtables and stuff that that have a similar purpose, but it'd be good to have more of that open customer type discussion. I think that's spot on. It's really getting away from the slideware because what you tend to learn is more is when you're talking to people rather than just listening to uh, somebody speak at the front about some slides, etc. So more of that's got to be good. Excellent. And uh, I'll be posting more details of those social business breakfasts as they get organised. The plan is to run those every couple of months in the City of London if anybody's interested in attending those. Um, And one last thing on our topics list. Uh, I don't know whether anybody has a view on this, but there are a couple of new connections-focused ECM, Enterprise Content Management, offerings that IBM announced this week at their IOD conference. Um, It basically is is about uh, adding social to Enterprise Content Management and also bringing Enterprise Content Management in terms of document management and and all the disciplines that go around that into the social business offerings in terms of connections. Anybody got a view on that? Anybody see those announcements? I've seen them. I just, yeah. You know, my, my yeah. main thing on it, I just hope that it doesn't mean that they're not going to do folders within a community. Because <laughs> they need to do folders in a community. It's yeah, number one request. Important. It's number one request in the connections user community. Everybody's asking for it. Let's see if they do do it. ECM yeah, get- connection good but uh they really need to look at uh, that part of it and, it and to that point it give us give us a folder and let us make a folder be a connection to an ecm backend if we need yeah, exactly. to have an exactly. area yeah. to be that but i think you know as i was saying in addition to backing up the social stack with things like analytics you're now seeing social get into a lot of the other ibm products there's ecm rational has integration you know as you do this it's it builds that whole ecosystem again that's going to really help drive a lot of the connections because now it's not a standalone silo of, oh, I'm going to go log into connections to do my social stuff. I can reach out and pull, you know, either push data from where I'm working over an ECM or Rational or wherever, or I can, you know, push it out from connections and it's, it really becomes part of that fabric of, of how you do your work every day. And it looks like it's a reasonably priced FileNet license as well. It's, it's certainly a big discount of buying the two together, and I think if you buy the the sort of the license for connections that gives you the ECM package, I, th- I think you get a limited use version of FileNet that, as you say, is, is pretty well priced. And I guess this plays to the strengths of IBM, doesn't it? In terms of you know what IBM has built in terms of the software group, you know they they have so many brands and products in there that actually it's when they start bringing those those products together to make better solutions as a result that that is where you start getting the value out of the investments they've made and the acquisitions they've they've done, like Farnet. Stuart, Stuart, one thing for me, I got some noisy neighbours who are knocking the the wall, so I just need to uh, quiet them down. Okay, go on then. It's fine. And so that brings us to the end of our topics. Um, we're going to quickly um, move through the tips that we have uh, this week. As ever, we finish the podcast with a tip from each of our guests. Uh, it could be a product, a service, a website, a feature, and a product that they use regularly. So, Darren, kick us off. What's your tip? So, my first tip is if you want a reasonably priced iPad 2, wait till the first day of Lotus Fear and ask Stuart if he bought one in the airport because he left his home. <laughs> oh, that's cruel, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> and the real tip is um, 
Last week, I was not able to record the podcast. We usually back up the recording. We usually have two people recording the podcast at the same time in case of technical difficulties. And the first update to Skype that Microsoft pushed down actually broke the MP3 recorder. Um, go, Microsoft. Yay. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Uh, but there's a new version of the Skype uh, recorder for Windows that I use to record the podcasts. And that's version 2.11, which fixes whatever Microsoft broke. So uh, that link is in the show notes if you use this piece of software and it is very handy if you do podcasts or if you want to spy on your kids. <laughs> I never even thought of doing that, Darren. Um, and Carlos, what's your tip? Sure. On December 2nd, uh, I'll be presenting a session on at the KM Camp Philly, which is the knowledge management camp um, sponsored by the Knowledge Management Community in Philadelphia, held at DeVry University in Fort Washington, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, there's going to be a link at the show notes, and it's uh, basically a, a one-day conference um, regarding uh, the concepts and principles around knowledge management, and I'll be focusing on social software and, and IBM Lotus. Excellent. And then just a quick question on that. I mean, knowledge management has been around for years and years and seemed to have kind of fallen away a little bit. And we're talking much more about social now. Um, this clearly is still a very popular you know, event. It's, do, do you see social as just being sort of something that knowledge management is kind of morphing into or, or is knowledge Zipping. management still going? Yes, it's, uh, you know, we're the, one of the things is the impact of social media uh, on the knowledge management practices, you know, whether you're in HR or IT or business strategy and, and how do you em, embody, identify, create, you know, distribute knowledge and, and get people to, um, to share. So uh, there's a lot of talk. It's, it's, you know, just like social media, you know, we have to talk about the impact, the tools, and, and I was, um, I was honored and, and flattered that uh, the group, um, the committee that was, um, that's organizing the event, had asked me to talk about um, you know IBM Lotus and IBM uh, social software and social media because some of them actually are, are big fans of of the way IBM um, the way Lotus uh, manages content and distributes uh, expertise and knowledge and encourages sharing and yeah it's a, it's a huge topic right now and uh, interesting to talk about and a lot of educators um, especially because we're an education company um, and and we focus on the learning community uh, many of the times uh, knowledge management is still um, a very relevant topic and now with social media how do you blend the two interesting stuff i look forward to seeing your presentation if you can share that that'd be good sure and handley what's your tip for us so my tip has to do with with folks in the atlanta area um, i'm actually presenting at the atlanta user lotus user group atlog uh two weeks from today on november 10th we're having a uh a sort of a three-way um, uh, presentation. Michael Brown's going to start off discussing the new connections entitlement for 853, and then I'm going to follow that up with a, a good plug-in for that, which is Wesfair 101 for Lotus people. Um, and hopefully this is a preview of a, of a Lotus Fair session that Sharon Bellamy and I are, are submitting, but basically the idea is saying, hey, look, as we get more and more of connections and same time and everything, it's got WebSphere. Some people get a little scared of it, and we're going to try to show you the basics of, especially for a smaller, a smaller company. How do you get in there and, and uh, you know, deploy this stuff without getting too afraid of these giant enterprise architectures that you see IBM showing everybody? Um, and then actually, Lisa Duke is going to follow up with some information on Quicker. So we've got got a nice, nice combined thing, and IBM's buying lunch for everybody. So it'll be a great event. Can't argue with the free lunch. <laughs> Excellent, Anley. Thank you. And Simon, do you have a tip for us? Yeah, sorry, I'm going to be a bit greedy here, so I've got quite a few. For the first one is that if you're a social practitioner or want to learn from others, join the uh, Dash's Social Business Council. It's a really great resource whereby you can uh, go in there, share experiences of, uh, with other users of how they've implemented social in their organization, uh, learn about uh, the tools, and uh, really join a great group of uh, people. Second one is, if you use connections, join the connections user community on Greenhouse. We've got around about uh, 420 to 430 users in there now. It's a great resource to uh, share and influence what we want to see in future versions of connections. And it really is a good chance to uh, share best practices around uh, connections implementations. The next one, and coming near to the end, is come to Cardiff on December the 9th for Social Connections 2. Uh, I think this is a 
conference that we're holding in Cardiff, which myself, Stuart and uh, Sharon are organising, and it promises to be a truly exceptional web experience, Welsh experience. <laughs> and the last one is if your t- soccer team loses by a large score, Stuart, don't poke fun at rival fans, and please control noisy neighbours. <laughs> Oh, and for those outside the UK who uh, might be slightly confused by Simon's comments, Manchester City beat my team, Manchester United 6-1 at the weekend. So <laughs> we're all wearing black and in mourning over here. So. And Stuart is from <laughs> Manchester, right? Like Manchester. <laughs> Can you tell by my accent? <laughs> okay, moving on swiftly. Um, Simon mentioned Social Connections too. Uh, find more information about it at socialconnections.info. Um, we are very, very honoured to have Lewis Richardson of IBM coming to present the keynote at that session. Um, Lewis is just one of the best speakers you'll ever wish to see. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll be on the Lose of stage this year. Um, but he, he was presenting at an event, I think, in Germany uh, a week or so ago and has um, had a couple of YouTube videos uploaded from that conference. One of them is called Social Mythbusters. Um, it's a really excellent presentation on social business and what it's about what it's not about um, and why you should uh, sort of be involved in that so do check that out the links in the show notes Uh, so do uh, take a look at that particularly if you're going to come to social connections too on the 9th of december Um, and my final tip actually is just in terms of if you're submitting abstracts we mentioned those earlier on uh, to lotusphere the form has changed pretty significantly this year Um, and it's slightly confusing that you have to register your speakers before you register your abstract so if you're going to be presenting with somebody else make sure you create speaker profiles for both of you and then go in and create the abstract and link that through to the profiles you've created so i know that's causing some confusion early on this week uh, that's how that works so that brings us to the end of our podcast uh, we're just going to quickly go around the table one more time to find out how you can contact people uh, for their twitter ids and their blog uh, addresses so darren how do people find you blog.downduke.net for technically related content that will sure to make your head hurt and Darren Duke all one word on Twitter for my 140 character rants mainly around the use of social software words right now <laughs> excellent thank you Darren and uh, Handley how do people find you um, just by following Handley on Twitter that's the best way to get me and and you know link to everything else uh, all about Handley H-A-N-D-L-Y Thank you. And Carlos? Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter, first initial, last name. So it's C Casas, C C A S A S, is my Twitter handle. And my blog is lotusrocks.tumblr.com. Wonderful. Thank you. And Simon? Yeah, Twitter, it's simply Simon. And uh, the best place to find me, other than that, is in Greenhouse in the Connections user community. Another plug there. <laughs> and we'll make sure we link to that community in the show notes as well. <laughs> but it's Simon without an I on the second word, right? Yeah, that's right. It's a one. It's a, it's a number one, okay. Lovely. And I'm Stuart McIntyre. You can find me on Twitter at Stuart McIntyre and the blog is blog.collaborationmatters.com. So thank you for listening to yet another This Week in Lotus. That was number 75. We'll be back again next week for some more Lotus news. Until then, this was This Week in Lotus. Bye. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. So, Stuart, uh, my last name is it's Casas. Okay. <laughs> just that again. Hold on a second. It's Ka, and then Simon. Simon's is Vagahan. Vagahan. Casas. I think it made it worse last time when you did put the pronunciation in there. I think that just put me off. Casas. There you go. Casas. That's it. Casas. It's funny how easy, how easy it is to spell, but how hard it is to pronounce. I, I, you're not the only one. Trust me, Stuart. Everybody, I get. I often get this a lot. Kiss ass. Say. <laughs> and there's a subtly different pronunciation we have over here, which is Stuart. Stuart. Oh, like yeah, a okay. So I can yeah. pick you up on it as well. It's like okay. Stuart without the. <laughs> Stuart. P.I.D. <laughs>
Thank Bye. you, guys. Great discussion. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you. And I hit Man City too. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't get my noisy neighbour quote. I did. I did. And I ignored it. I said, I've it. got to go and control my noisy neighbours. <laughs> and Darren, you didn't jump in. Uh, you poor Americans, completely confused by this discussion. Okay, let's have a moment of silence and then we'll get started. In memory of Manchester United's miserable failure? Is that what the, minute, <laughs> is that what the moment of silence is for? <laughs> and Carlos, what's your tip? Sure, sure. Uh, oh, Carlos, Carlos, you're all uh, Dalek Can you unplug your headset and plug it back in again? Oh, sure, oh, hold sure. On. Hold on. Doctor Who. <laughs> it's it's the plug for the uh, social connections user too. It is indeed. So where are Liverpool in the league again, Simon? We're just about three places Six. behind you. Exactly, Six. exactly. So <laughs> I think Only you I should reserve Castle. bragging rights for just a little while yet. Oh, yeah. you two are supposed to be nice to us on this call. <laughs> Newcastle have got a nosebleed. They're not used to being that, being that high. Well, actually, yeah. Newcastle are used to being that high, just not in this division. <laughs> <laughs> just recording Twill at the moment. Can I give you a call back? <laughs> I'm recording this. This is going on the outtake. <laughs> it's maybe an incoming call on his 1900 sex line. <laughs> it's that's 0161 6161 <laughs> number again. <laughs> I tell you what, right over here, the IBM one eight hundred number is. Uh, if you transpose a couple of the numbers by accident, you actually do get a sex line. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. We need to put that as a tip then. <laughs> you don't call this number. <laughs> call this number. At, at one point, at one point, they actually published it the wrong way with those numbers transposed. <laughs> <laughs> so it was published as a sex line. Yes. <laughs> every now and again, by accident, I call it. I still get it wrong every, every now and again. Just by accident. That's, that's sure. my excuse, and I'm, I'm sticking to that. <laughs>